we will not fear for God has willed mm. his truth to triumph through us. Mm-hmm. And like, there's no other line in this. That's really this, reformation. It's very heavy. reformation. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I think of, of the various martyrs I've read about and learned about in school, but that determination, we will not fear. Not mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't want to fear or God help me not to fear, but I will not fear because of God's truth that is triumphing through us. Um, That's such a theme in the Reformation. Welcome to Seeing the Word, a podcast that explores and promotes gospel-centered, biblically rich, congregational songs for the church. This is Nathan Murfin. I'm with... Joshua Roberts, Rachel Nothnagel, and we're going to be doing a recommended hymn episode of a very historically important, significant, wonderful hymn, Uh, and it's actually more of a chorale, if you want to use the actual terminology, but we're going to talk about it. Hmm. It is Martin Luther's infamous uh, song, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And uh, let's go ahead. We've got a lot to talk about, so let's just go ahead and read. Rachel, you start with verse 1, please. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing, our helper he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe does seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great, and armed with cruel hate on earth is not as equal. Did we in our own strength confide, our striving would be losing. Were not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. Dost ask who that may be, Christ Jesus, it is he, Lord Sabaoth his name, from age to age the same, and he must win the battle. And though this world with devil's field should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God hath willed, his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fail him. That word above all earthly powers, no thanks to them abideth. The spirit and the gifts are ours, through him who with us sideth. Let goods and kindred go, this mortal life also. The body they may kill, God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. So this, um, what we just read, was a mid-1800s translation from Frederick Hedge. Is that his last name? Hodge Hedge? I'm not looking at it. I don't know. It's Hedge. Thank you. Um, he, he was a um, congregate, depending on the website, either a congregational a minister or a Unitarian minister um, who was actually, he studied in Germany, uh, so he knew the German language very well. Um, he came was a professor of ecclesiology at Cambridge. Um, so it's interesting. We, we have actually a very, a, a very poetic um, translation of um, Martin Luther's words. Um, so this is, but this is what most of America is familiar with, so we're going to go with it. Um, and um, even still, some very powerful language. Some of it is a little 
a little archaic, a little confusing if we're singing it in 2023. So there's probably a lot of questions our people have about maybe some of the language, but uh, hope to dive into that. And uh, we're going to spend a lot of time more on historical significance, uh, some more theological themes. We will definitely still dive into biblical texts, but it's just going to be uh, more broad and historical. So, um, Josh, do you want to start us off a little bit talking about some of the history or um, I, I can or um, well, I want to I want to talk about uh, the castle um, if that's okay. We so, talking like like Cinderella's castle? Yeah, the, no, no. Um, so um, so Luther, um, of of course, you know he was he he was all about the Reformation and everything, but he also once he was um, excommunicated. Um, he actually went into hiding for about a year, and he translated the Bible from Latin to German during that time to the common. And it wasn't mm-hmm. actually, there were other translations of the Bible, um, but the Luther one was the one that kind of rose to the top during the Reformation. Mm-hmm. But um, there are a lot of people that say, um, and I, it, the dates kind of don't match up perfectly, but there are a lot of people that say that he was inspired to write this um, this hymn from the time that he was there in that castle. I actually got to visit that castle Ooh. a number of years ago. Ah. <laughs> Ooh, oh. <laughs> and um, I got to go into there the little go. room uh, where he stayed in hiding um, and where he was translating. And and it, it was kind of an awesome thing to think about God being our fortress. So there's this, it's called Wartburg Castle, and it actually means um, mountain to watch or um, mountain to see um, or or castle. Berg can mean castle or mountain, but it's at the mm-hmm. top of this huge mountain, more or less, um, where you can see all around. Mm-hmm. Um, so no one could approach it without you knowing. But then also um, there was this castle built that dates back to the 1200s. And there he was hiding. And so, you know, God protected him during that time. And I think that that became part of his feeling throughout the Reformation, too, um, that God was was um, fighting for him mm-hmm. and giving him a, a refuge and a fortress mm-hmm. similar to that uh, place where he he hid for that year. It, it was just a year that he was there. Actually, I think he translated the Bible in just a couple, couple of months. Years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, but um, that's where that's where he was. And being a, a former monk, mm-hmm. he's very disciplined. So he probably just got right. it done. You yeah. Know? <laughs> just, that's, what he, that's what he did. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of the influence of this him um, came from Psalm 46, which was one of Luther's favorite psalms. Um, I'm going to read, I'm not going to read the whole psalm, but I think it's important that we have that backdrop before we uh, dive in to some more of the text and history. So this is Psalm 46, to the choir master of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah. And I'll go just a few more verses, because I think this these this first half, 
few verses of Psalm 46 is what Luther really hits on. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, Selah. Then it goes on for a few more verses, but I'll stop there. I actually have a question. I was reading about the history of this hymn um, and um, this article by Tim Challies. He said that most scholars believe that Luther Luther also wrote the tune to this song. Do you guys have anything on that? Yeah, so it, it is. It is both tune and text by Luther. It was kind of hotly debated um, through like the 1800s, I think. Yeah, Some people I read were that saying too. that they were critical of that, you know, notion, but I think it's kind of held up. I think that's so interesting too, because, mm-hmm. you know, very often we have words from people like Luther or Luther himself, but not often do we have tunes that they have written. Mm-hmm. And so that's interesting to think of that we are singing the exact thing. Yeah. Well, that since you're talking, I know you're looking at some Josh, but since you're talking about the tune, I'm going to talk about that for a second, because if we're going to attribute it to Martin Luther, which I think we should. So the actual genre, as I referred to earlier, is technically called a chorale, um, something that, you know, basically ref um, Renaissance, early Renaissance, if not medieval um, is where that kind of comes from. So it's it's unison. There's no harmony, so very much like a right. chant. Mm-hmm. Um, all the harmonies that you know we would see in a hymnal were added Later. 200 years ago, which is, yeah, uh, you know, it's good. It you know beautifies it, but it's that's a whole other story. So the actual rhythm, I'm literally looking at like what the oh yeah the <laughs> isom it's called isometric um, meter. I, well, I mean, anyways, a um, whole bunch of fancy isorhythmic. terms. Isorhythmic. Isorhythmic. Okay, I thought it's isometric. Maybe there's there's both. literally no Maybe meter. You got you get. It's very much like you know the treble clef or a clef with five lines and four spaces. But anyways, so the rhythm of this, I'm just gonna sing it. It's it's actually in the original. It's gonna sound something like bum 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 bum. Boom. So very not our yeah. da, 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 four four. It, it wouldn't have had the da 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 because um it isomet as a isorhythmic would have been equal meter. Everything would have been equal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no that's what I was trying to yeah. say earlier. There's no there's measure no division lines. of the mm-hmm. the of the metrics. Yeah. So. Back in that time there was no four four no. or, or so it was all equal notes, or equal lengths. Yeah. Yes. So very odd, and then obviously he wrote it in German, so it's going to fit their language better than our yeah. English language. So that's something interesting uh, about the music. But um, some more of the inspiration real quick on Psalm 46. This is actually from Luther uh, Luther's commentary on Psalm 46. This is uh, his words. The 46th Psalm is a psalm of thanks sung by the people of Israel because of the mighty deeds of God. He had protected and saved the city of Jerusalem, which was er, in which was his dwelling, against all the rage and the fury of all the kings and the nations, and preserved their peace against all warfare and weapons. 
and in the manner of the scriptures. The psalm calls the character of the city a little stream that shall not run dry, as opposed to the great rivers, seas, oceans of the heathen, their great kingdoms, principalities, and domains that shall dry up and disappear. We, on the other hand, sing this psalm to praise God for being with us. He miraculously preserves his word and Christendom against the gates of hell, against the rage of the devil, the rebellious spirits, the world, the flesh, sin, death. Our little spring of water is also a living fountain, while their puddles, pools, and ponds become foul, malodorous, and dry. Some strong words by the strong-willed, strong-worded Martin Luther. Um, so there's that. Okay, I've spoke a lot. What other things do you guys have? Well, I I want to go back to how we've been taught. It, it is a, a translation of Psalm 46 is what everyone always says. But have you not noticed that um, although Psalm 46 talks about him being a refuge and stuff, it really doesn't delve into mm-hmm. the spiritual warfare that I think that this song is reminding us about and probably mm-hmm. what Luther felt like that Against he was facing Roman all the church. time. Mm-hmm. Of course, it was the Roman church, but mm-hmm. I think he he felt like that it was a, a, a continued spiritual warfare mm-hmm. battle. Yeah. Um, you know, Second uh, Corinthians 10, 14, or 10, 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not the flesh, but of divine power to destroy uh, the strongholds, and mm-hmm. and that's that. I think that's really what he was. I, I mean, that's what I get out of it. Um, we do not he, wrestle against flesh, flesh and, and blood. blood. Yeah, six. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ephesians six. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, and and you know, just Romans eight, how it talks about the um, spiritual uh, battle, the spiritual warfare and stuff. Um, uh, what if God is for us? Who can be against us? And then I'm sure that no not life or death or angels or rulers or anything can right. separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I, all of these things, to me, are tied into this text. So saying that it's just a translation, I, I've never understood that completely. I think that he referred to it some as mm-hmm. Psalm 46, um, the the hymn right. you know, from Psalm 46. But there's so much more yeah. there than yeah. just that one. I think that's what makes this hymn so different from ones that we have done in the past on other episodes, because a lot of the hymns that we have talked about um, are very um, focused on like the atonement and mm-hmm. like the central themes of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that this is like right. void of that, but this one's very focused on that spiritual warfare. And I even noted like, <laughs> it's interesting to see a hymn spend five, six lines at a time talking about the enemy. The devil. Yeah, yeah. it's it's just interesting. We don't often right. sing no. of those, especially in church today. Yeah. We don't sing What's hymns the about that. Theological, is it demonology? Is that what the term is, like talking uh, about demons or the sure, devil? Sure, let's go but with I don't that. know. But it really does, It 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 is one of the best hymns that clearly talks and admits the power of Satan and his demons. Yeah. And we'll yeah. get to that. You're right. It um, is demonology. Demon, there you go. One of the so as I said earlier, we're gonna, we need to get to the text, but this text is written by Frederick Hedge from the 1800s. Well, the very first English translation, which was actually probably the most popular language it was translated into, uh, was by a guy named an English guy named Miles Coverdale, um, who actually also contributed English translations of the Psalms to the Book of Common Prayer, Thomas Cramer. 
which is interesting. I found that out. Um, in Miles Coverdale's um, Ghostly Psalms and Spiritual Songs <laughs> from 15, uh, 1520s, 30s, um, I'm guessing 1530s. This is his translation of like the first four lines. Our God is a defense and tower, a good armor and a good weapon. That's interesting. He hath been our sure help and secure in all the troubles that we have been in. That was all that I could find on. That was the very first English translation. translation. That Now we've kind of filtered down to the 1800s, which are good, but definitely a little more poetic mm-hmm. in certain ways. So, But how about we dive into the verses now? Um, verse 1, we kind of said that. Mighty fortress, you mentioned castle. Yeah. Uh, a bulwark never failing. Um, that that translation I just read from Miles kind of talks about a good defense and a good weapon. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a hiding place like we've talked about, Rock of Ages, a hiding place, let me hide myself in thee. God is also on the offense. He is. Mm-hmm. He will act. He will um, disarm uh, those against us. I love that theme. What else do you want to talk about in verse 1? Well, um, I, I think that another psalm um, kind of gets pulled out in, in this, or, or at least there's similar things here. Psalm 62 um, says, My soul rests quietly in God alone. My salvation mm-hmm. is from Him. Mm-hmm. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I will not be disturbed. And it goes on, How long will you threaten me? How, how long will you threaten a man? Do all of you want to murder him like a leaning wall, like a fence to be pushed down? Um, they plan to push him down. So this is, of course, a psalm of David, and he, he's resting in the Lord while he's being pursued. But um, it, it's it's another one of those things where there's so much more than just Psalm 46. And and I, yeah. I don't know. that The he alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. Mm-hmm. I will not be disturbed. That just screams out to me, I'm Festiburg. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's just... Screams out to me this this song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very recurring theme in a lot of the songs of God being protector, refuge, shield. You, you see all that all over the place of mortal ills prevailing. There we go with mm-hmm. some of this ar- ar- archaic language um, amid. Well, and I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I think that's where we're um, Luther's honing in on. Psalm 46, yeah. our helper, he amid the flood. So though the oceans rage, the waters roar and foam, um, mortal ills. So speaking of, you know, the, what I read earlier. Well, his original uh, language doesn't mention a flood. Um, it, it just says, it just says he freely helps us out of all trouble that's been fallen us. Mm-hmm. But, but, but he does, you know, bring out that idea of Psalm 46. So. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why the guy that translated it used that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So then he goes on, For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. That's a good rhyme. (laughs) You think of the garden. I don't like the word doth. Yeah. What? I don't like the word doth. 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 Yeah. His, I feel like I'm about to cast a spell as I read it. <laughs> his craft and power are great, and armed with cruel hate on earth is not his equal. But let's talk about what we were saying earlier. I, this is one song that really does admit the devil is real. Mm-hmm. He is working against the people of God, mm-hmm. and he's not weak. 
he has he has um, devices at his hand. He uh, his craft and power are great. Um, that's you, you strong language there. Armed with cruel hate, cruel like this hate. isn't just. This isn't. <laughs> he's just, not just present, but he is against us. Yes, mm-hmm. like ancient foe. I, that makes me think a lot of Revelation. So talking mm-hmm. about so Revelation, Revelation twenty, twenty and twelve. So especially twenty, but even twelve says, and the great dragon was thrown down. It's talking about um, Michael the archangel. That that vision that John has of um, him casting down the great dragon. That great dragon was thrown down. The ancient. Good night. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent, ancient foe, mm-hmm. uh, who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Um, you mentioned 20. Do you have Revelation 20? 21 through 3 um, is a cross-reference to um, Genesis 3.15. Mm-hmm. Proto-Evangelion. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I'm flipping to it. <laughs> It says in verse 2, and he sees the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And so that goes back to um, Genesis 3. Let's talk about (laughs) on earth is not his equal. I find that that is one of a couple of spots in our Frederick Hedge version that I'm like, really confused it, it, i could just it seems i'm confused wrong and people at first. are probably really confused yeah like, what are you talking about here well what do yeah, you guys think yeah so luther was talking about the devil mm-hmm. and he was saying um there is no no force like him on mm-hmm. earth um nothing yeah. is equal i think to that's him. what you're that's what it is yeah. yeah and on earth is not as equal it does get a little bit confusing because typically and this is where i think that this hymn is a little bit different because, mm-hmm. like you were saying earlier, Rachel, um, you know, we're talking about the devil. We're not talking about the Lord. And <laughs> um, there used to be some uh, <laughs> there used to be some um, auto correction things on some of the uh, uh, software that displays things on the screens, and it would auto correct his to be a capital H. Every time it ever printed it, and I was on like, "Oh no, you can't do that there." <laughs> yeah, that's that is that's really issue. confusing us then, because mm-hmm. a great and might, great might and much cunning, his cruel armor is on earth. There is nothing like his equal, and it's talking about the old old evil foe um, that uh, is there. I'm sorry, I'm kind of yeah. I'm looking at yeah. this yeah. Josh, translation. Explain, explain that you're from, how you're um, getting that uh, very literal okay. translation. There. So. <laughs> So I punched in. I, I know a little bit of German, but I, I don't know enough to truly translate it word for word. So I punched in on ChatGPT to <laughs> give me a word for word translation That's of helpful. a mighty fortress, mm-hmm. and and I think that it is very helpful because yes. um, it, it, I'm and looking at it now, I'm like, yeah, that's definitely what it says. That's what I was. <laughs> re- I was really excited to see the Miles guy. Yeah, I was wanting to see all of it. I couldn't Other find stuff. it. But if you, I'm gonna include this in the uh, description of this podcast. Um, John Piper actually studied in Germany and has a, as he, in his own words, a woodenly literal translation of a mighty fortress Mm -hmm. in one of his uh, articles. So I'm going to post that. And then also um, a church music professor, uh, Esther Cruikshank, I think is her name. Um, She's very big into hymnology, musicology, all those fancy big words. Um, she did a <clears throat> a literal translation as well, so I'll include both of those because uh, I, I found those really helpful and 
quite frankly, probably don't have enough time to dive into those. So anything else on verse one, guys? Verse two, uh, one major header I put for verse two is it, I think this is where, I mean, very clearly it gets Christocentric. This is not, you yes. know, something that oh, yeah. he, he definitely pulls a little bit from uh, Psalm 46, talking about Lord's Sabbath oath, which means Lord of hosts, right. God of angel armies, whatever you want to call it. Um, but this is where we start to get the um, New Testament commentary on a um, psalm. So very, very interesting that Luther would take the liberty to do that, you know. Um, this this is kind of the start of his trend of the Lutheran hymn versus, you know, everything the Catholic Church was singing or just only singing mm-hmm. psalms without any paraphrase at all. Um, interesting. So I like the language in this verse because it starts with, you know, we can't do this on our on our own. Mm-hmm. We're we're not going to confide in our own strength. Um but if it weren't for the right man who was on our side, then mm-hmm. and then you ask who that might be. Mm-hmm. Christ Jesus, it is he. I just love the way that that is worded and, yeah. and structured. It's very, I don't know, it, it's almost like a conversation, you know, yes. how he's how he's almost like a treatise, you know, not like, you know, how a hymn is very cut and dry. This is very much like a conversation and it a, is, yeah. a defense of explaining God and the God man. <laughs> Notice how man is capitalized too. Mm-hmm. Um, very cool. I love that first line is one of my favorite lines in this whole 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 hymn. Did we in our own strength confide? Uh, we'd be losing. It'd all be for nothing. It'd be vain um, for us to trust in ourself rather than trust in the God who is at our side and trust in Christ. What else? Yeah, in the in the original language, I'm sorry I'm gonna keep going back to this because I I'm I because I got to spend a year in Germany and, and all this, and so I'm just really geeked out over it. But um the the thing about what was I gonna say? Oh, I know. Um the the second verse, that first line, I, I love I love the poetic nature of our English translation, but um I think that the, the what is said in the German, it actually says, with our own strength, nothing is achieved. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we are soon lost. Um, you know, it, it's similar, but doesn't say exactly what um, the intent, the intent might have mm-hmm. been, was nothing is achieved mm-hmm. on our own, in our own strength. Um, all striving would be losing. I, I guess, you know. Yeah. You know, nothing is achieved is is important to me. Um, And I also love, I'm going to skip to, can I skip to the very last line? Um, Yeah. And he must win the battle. Mm -hmm. Um, That is, sometimes in our language, we think of that as, um, oh, yeah, you must do that. But it's more of the he's going to do it. He's yeah. it, it's going to happen. Earnestness. He and, he yeah. must win the battle. There's no ifs ands buts about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love that phrase. He must win the battle. It's one of my favorite parts of this verse. I like the um, if you look at some of the more literal translations, it actually says something closer to he must hold the field mm-hmm. or hold oh, the battlefield. Cool. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah, uh, very cool. Um, I know we're jumping around a little bit, but back at the very the first two lines again, kind of talking about there's so many goodness, there's so many arrangements of a mighty fortress that for for worship pastors, worship leaders, song selectors, like 
what would you use? Well, I wouldn't probably use this arrangement, but Heart Song did a really cool arrangement of A Mighty Fortress. They actually only do um, like the three of the four verses, and they kind of throw in the phrase, his kingdom is forever, kind of repetitively. Um, and then they end the song with, Did we in our own strength confide? Our striving would be losing. And just kind of leave it there. Like that, that that's like their, a hmm. little tag they throw that in. That is kind of cool. They, and they end with that thought, um, which is I thought was really cool how they did that. But um, we can't, I don't want to make light of the, the fact that we're talking about Jesus in the middle of this verse. So let's talk about that. The right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. I love that. This is who God has chosen. There's even some language in the more wooden literal translations that talked about um, God choosing, God, you know, electing, like using that kind of language. This is the man whom God has picked. This is uh, this is God's son. Um, he's the one who is Lord of hosts. He is the one with all the angels at his side. You know, think about Jesus, you know, in Gethsemane and and on the cross, he could, you know, he would say, I can send legions of angels mm. to attend to me and to rescue me. But, you know, thinking about that, he he has that at his disposal. He is the Lord of hosts. Uh, it, and that is his name from age to age, the same. That reminds me of Hebrews 13, 8. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm. And he must win the battle or he must hold the field. What a What a good verse. Love that part. That's always like a... Shout it out, Christ Jesus, it is he. That part. Anything else on verse 2? All right. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us. Here we go again with more of that demonology language. We're admitting, you know, the reality of spiritual warfare, like you were talking mm-hmm. about, Josh. Um, what do you think, you, whenever you it says devils, are you? Do you think he's literally meaning, you know, oh, yeah. demons? I, yeah, I um, think that Luther. Probably, I don't. I don't doubt that. Yeah. But there's also some other things. When I well, I I think that Luther sometimes would he would forget that um, that uh, the Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood because he would call people demons. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I, I think he's meaning both um, that these men I I, in the Roman Catholic Church are are be, during that time were being used by yeah. the devil. But also, he was point blank, kind of pointing finger at him, saying, "Hey, right. you're, you guys are filling up this world, and your devils." Um, <laughs> so, she yeah. threatened to undo us, and and that's definitely about the the Reformation, right there. You yeah. know, um, we will, but it it so much applies to us as well. And and I I always love the part where it says, "The Prince of Darkness, grim, we tremble not for him." It's it's funny because so often uh, people get. They get this ooh type of thing about the, the, the devil, <laughs> and and it's not so. We are we are children of the Lord, the the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Lord of Hosts, Lord Sabaot. Mm-hmm. Um, we we don't have to tremble um, for uh, the devil or the Prince of Darkness, as it says here, um, because we can. We, he he might have a little bit of rage towards us, but. Um, one little word. One little word. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. little word. It, that that little word. Jesus. You know. Um, mm-hmm. In everything that the, the devil builds up, 
uh, falls apart. So. Since we kind of got there, I, there is some debate like what what is that little word? Is it mm-hmm. Jesus? Is it his name? Or is it just more generally God speaking a word to him yeah. and he's silent? And it, it could be that that, um, that the way that God um, spoke, you know, the world into existence, kind of mentioning that of, mm-hmm. of that all God has to do is just speak one little word and you're you're done for. Right. But um I tend to think that it means, at least when I'm reading it and thinking about it, it, it means uh, Christ Jesus. And it, it harkens back to um verse two. Uh, that's where he he mm-hmm. answers the question. Mm-hmm. Who who you ask who that might be, Christ Jesus, it is he. So, Lord Sabaoth. That's the yeah. German. I yeah. said Sabaoth, Sabaoth. I usually sing Sabaoth when Sabaoth. I sing it. Yeah. When I sing it in English, Lord Saba, Saba Oath. I've heard some people say Saba Oath. That's yeah. probably how I just that, said it too when I read it earlier. <laughs> Saba Oath. I like the two lines Sabaoth. here in verse three. <laughs> okay. Let's get back Let's to the say, verse. Um, we will not fear for God has willed mm. his truth to triumph through us. Mm-hmm. And like, there's no other line in this that's really this, reformation. It's very heavy. reformation, mm-hmm. yes. yes. And I think of of the various martyrs I've read about and learned about in school, but that determination, we will not fear. Mm-hmm. Not like, oh, I don't want to fear, or God help me not to fear, but I will not fear because of God's truth that is triumphing through us. Mm-hmm. Um, that's such a theme in the Reformation. His rage we can endure. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. And again, the Prince of Darkness Grim, we tremble not for him. Um, devils filled, we talked about, it can mean demons, can mean people, nations, entities, whatever. Um, there, there's just that reality. Uh, I like, I think what it's really referring to, it reminds me like should threaten to undo us. Mm-hmm. I think there's some more heavy language. You think about like first Peter five talking about the devil prowling around like a roaring lion looking yeah. for someone to devour like that, that very strong language of devour or swallow. I think this some translations say swallow it, us I, up. That's actually the what is being said in the original language. Um, mm. It's going to swallow us whole. Undo the devils are wanting swallow to swallow seem, us whole. Seem different than undo yeah. us. But it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, his rage, yeah, that kind of that um, prowling around. Um, but then the 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 surety is for lo, his doom is sure, meaning mm-hmm. he's judged already. He's already been disarmed. Um, his doom is sure. He's going to be um, cast to the lake of fire, as Revelation talks about. Um, yeah. Anything else on verse 3? Verse 4 very much connects to that what we just said. One little word shall fell him. That word above all earthly powers, no thanks to them abideth. That's another uh, we mentioned. On earth is not as equal. One little word. What's the word? This is another line that's kind of like, not quite sure what it means. But one thing that's really important are those commas. Oh, yeah. That word above all earthly powers, comma, no thanks to them, comma, abideth. Abideth. So uh, the word abides forever. The word abides above all earthly powers. Yeah. No thanks to them is just kind of like a parenthetical statement. I think that Um, also that that line is is reminding us of um, Philippians 2, where it says, who being in very nature, God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But at, at the end of that passage, it talks about how um, one day every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
that's why I I really do think that that one little word from verse three, and then saying that word above all earthly powers abideth, mm. no thanks to them, um, because one day even under the earth they're going to kneel and say Jesus is Lord. Um, so mm-hmm. so they're the and and that's what's all being talked about throughout this whole uh, hymn, how their doom is sure, mm-hmm. um, and you know, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry though I interrupted you. No, what were you getting I, at? You know. I think that, you know, that's probably a fine way to interpret it. I think since it's not like a capital W word, I don't see that as the name of Jesus as much. I think that it's more just general of like God's word being able to well, destroy, you yeah. know, and and, and uh, is is yeah. true versus and is good versus evil. And yeah, it, but it we're looking over. at an English translation right. of something, and, and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between, yeah. because all nouns, proper nouns, would be capitalized, capitalized in the German language. So yeah, but it typically, yeah, anyways. Mm-hmm. And then going on from um, that, the spirit and the gifts are ours through Him who with us sideth. Um, I think there there's a better translation that talks. God gives us His spirit, or gives His spirit as a gift. Um, is kind of more closer to what that means. I've heard some people. Um, some continuationists um, use that line in particular to defend, you know, um, and, and obviously we, God gifts us with spiritual gifts and we have, you know, they talk about that in first Corinthians and all that. I'm not denying that at all, but it's, it's already a poetic translation. So it's probably not something to bake, uh, to, to, no, to bank a doctrinal stance on. Right. <laughs> um, so it, but it's, it's a comfort the spirit and the gifts are ours through him who with us sideth. That's kind of that, um, the Lord is with us. He's on the right man on our side. Um, um, yeah, God, God is with us. That, that line theme from Psalm forty-six. Sorry, no, no, no. <laughs> that line right after "Let goods and kindred go." I immediately thought of um, the rich young ruler um, hmm. and how he wasn't willing to let everything go. And I don't know that it exactly ties in, but that's where my brain went. And then also Jesus saying, um, "You know, leave your father and your mother." And um, I. I should pull that up so I'm not butchering it, but um, it just that that concept of letting the earthly things be earthly and not trying to cling to them. Yeah. Um, this mortal life also, mm-hmm. um, and then God's truth abideth still; His kingdom is forever. So, earthly things are are temporary, but His yeah. kingdom is forever. Right. Yeah. Th- that this last half of verse four might be my favorite part of the whole song. I just love that abandonment. The commission of um, we will be persecuted. We might lose our life. We might lose our goods. You know, there's that very (laughs) um, possible thing. You know, we will lose all these things. Um, The body they may kill. Another reformation. Yeah. (laughs) Very much like who is the they? Well, it's, you can't help but think Luther's got that in mind. I mean, his mortality is very much in his face. We were talking about this before the podcast of it's amazing that Martin Luther was not martyred or burned at the stake. Um, so you think about John Huss and William, um, or not William, um, John Wycliffe. That's the William, William Tyndale. That's what I'm trying to say. Tyndale, yes. not mm. John Wycliffe. The, you think about many of those uh, reformers who were burned, and many I'm forgetting right now. But. So this English translation um, gives us that final thing of his kingdom is forever. 
Martin mm-hmm. Luther actually ended it in a little bit more dark place. He he said instead of just this let goods and kindred go, this mortal life also the body they may kill. Um, he just said um, even if they take away our body, wealth, honor, child, and wife, they can have them. That's pretty much so what he had. I said, like how that. he ended. They can have them. <laughs> they can have them. Yeah, let let them go away. Let it is 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 kind of what he said. Let let them go away. The body, the wealth, the honor, the child, the wife, let them go away because and that's that's the end. That's the end of the song. Mm-hmm. Um so he he was truly wanting to abandon all things for the sake of uh his pursuit of 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 what the Lord had called him to do. And mm-hmm. but I do love the way that we end it positively in the English translation. God's truth abides still. His kingdom is yes, forever. forever. I love that so much. Um, another, you mentioned that, kind of that thought of it, it, he just ends it more abruptly. Mm-hmm. I think when you, when talking about the kingdom, um, there's an article on Desiring God that talks about John Piper's more literal translation, but... Um, it's talking about how it's more literally the kingdom must remain for us or the kingdom is ours. Because he said, you know, wife, children, goods, family, other things, you can have them because the kingdom's still ours. Still I, I have something much more treasurous, not so that a word, much more of, of great t- treasure to me, uh, God's kingdom that I will inherit. Um because of what he's done for me, like I have so such a, a better thing coming than all this world would afford. Um, this his kingdom's forever. His his kingdom is much much better. Oh, another thing, uh, in some of the other English translations, not the hedge one, but some other ones, it talks more about um, the city of God will stand forever yeah. or something like that. The city of God, Ta- kind of tying man. it back to. Um, Psalm 46, um, she is in her midst, or he's, what does it say? God is in her, the midst of her, she shall not be moved. Um, holy habitation of the Most High, kind of drawing it back to Psalm 46. So that's interesting. Other final thoughts about this hymn, what many people have penned as the battle hymn of the Reformation? I think that's a good way to cap it off, because it really is. It really has, you know, like you said, Josh. Probably not immediately, but it grew. Um, it grew reputability yeah. and, and and notice from people across the world, and we're singing it today. It stood the test of time. One of the oldest songs that we sing today, probably still. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. By the way, we usually do it at our church. We do it with the uh, Matt Boswell version, where oh. it oh, has really? the added on chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. It's just a good celebration as you. Um, but, yeah, that mm-hmm. that is a good arrangement. It's hard to use this song sometimes in a contemporary mm-hmm. uh, type of environment, yeah. especially because it's got those stops and starts on mm-hmm. the phrasing. How are you going to? Yeah, how do you get through it? But I, I've found that Matt Boswell's version works mm-hmm. really well. Very good. All right. Thank you, guys. Listeners, thank you for joining uh, on this episode. Joining. Thank you for joining in on this episode, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Sing the Word. If you're enjoying the content of this podcast, please subscribe to our channel on your preferred podcast platform. 
feel free to leave us a good rating too. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pandora, and other platforms as well. If you've got songs, questions, or discussions you'd like for us to explore in future episodes, please email those to singtheword316 at gmail.com. Again, that's singtheword316 at gmail.com. As we continue to improve and expand our platforms for this podcast, we'll be sure to keep you posted on things to come, Lord willing. Again, thank you for listening. Grace and peace.